Love should be like a watering hole where people can come freely and choose and go away refreshed. This is The Unseen Story, first-hand accounts that reveal God's love and power in the lives of His children. What God has done for our storytellers, He lives to do for you. Hey guys, it is Brooke and Adam back with The Unseen Story, and we have another great episode for you today. Um, We are speaking to Bella, and Bella is from Uh, Bella is from England, specifically, I think she's from Oxford. Yes. And we met her through uh, our friend Dave, the pit boss priest. If you want to go back and listen to Dave's story, yeah, uh, another another foreigner, Dave's uh, from Canada. <laughs> so yeah, Bella was in town visiting them, and uh, we got to spend a little time with her. And so yeah, yeah, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Bella's story is really interesting because to me it speaks to the heart of a lot of people. So you're listening to Bella's story. Not by might. Well, hello, my name is Bella. You probably have guessed from listening to my voice that I might not be from Dallas, but I actually live in London and it's a real pleasure to be here today. I have been a school teacher for 17 years and now have the joy of working actually as a consultant, supporting school leaders, um, looking at their journey, trying to develop metacognition, so thinking skills. I had the wonderful opportunity to grow up in a Christian family. Um, My family went to a big charismatic Anglican church in the city of Oxford where I grew up. And yeah, I'm one of four, so I'm the eldest and I've got three younger brothers, which for many years was total nightmare. So you can imagine all your stuff mucked around, stolen, all their obsession with Lego and football, which still, they've given up the Lego, but they're still obsessed with Arsenal today. And, um, but, you know, we are, we're a close family and we all get on really well. So, yeah, I think that's probably a big thing about who I am. Um, and, And when I was having the chance just to sort of sit back and think about, you know, the unseen story and who am I, made me just first remind myself that I know that God has made me as an adventurer. <laughs> and and that probably looks like an evangelist, so someone who is passionate about connecting with others, encouraging and teaching. I want to be with people. I want to spend time with people. I love listening to people and stories and encouraging. As a teenager, I really struggled with making friends. I really struggled with who was I and what did I look like and how did I need to behave? And I really found it hard to connect. And often I'd be like, I'm trying to be your friend and I don't know what that's supposed to look like. And then there was a sort of time where I really felt God speak to me. And God was like, this is who I've made you to be. This is who you are. And I just prayed and I was like, yeah. And I, God just took away that anxiety and that timidity and gave me a boldness and a sense of purpose. And it actually came at the time, I don't know if you, uh, some of you might have encountered, um, have heard about the Toronto blessing that sort of took place in 1995. So suddenly my Anglican church, which had always been, you know, great worship and we used to pray for people, but suddenly the whole place was like on fire, praying and hearing people like give words of knowledge and people who had just moved in the spirit, people who were letting things go, laughing, crying. Also for me, it was like, I have a place. I have a place to pray. I have a place to come alongside people. Um, and I think that sense of boldness and 
you know, feeling like, yeah, this is a sense of purpose. This is what it looks like. Now, of course, <laughs> things don't always continue that way, do they? And, you know, off I went to, um, and my next big adventure was going to Zimbabwe and I had all sorts of extraordinary adventures out there. And I was working out in a school there teaching, which was the first time teaching, you know, so suddenly there I was standing in front of a classroom of, I was working in an all-girls school. But it was just something obviously like lit something in me. And I, you know, and I look back and there were so many different encounters with different people. And we went to all sorts of extraordinary different churches, um, which were very different to my tradition. But I met people who talked about their faith and, you know, you go out and you're experiencing and you just have that sense of like, okay, who am I? Who am I meeting? So, you know, that was a great opportunity for sort of teaching. And then I came back and went to university um, and... I studied theology so um, I ended up doing my honours in ecclesiastical history which I was passionate about mainly the 19th century looking at the rise of the social gospel so actually how did the church respond to poverty particularly in England at the time like the industrial revolution but also what did that look like across the world bringing the word of God but that was something that really opened up and made me start thinking about you know, what does it mean to speak the word of God? But also, you know, the history going back, like when Jesus died and the founding of the church and, you know, God's mission being rolled out across, you know, going right from starting Israel and then moving out and to where it is today. You know, what have we gained from our forebears? What have we learned? What can we bring that into? So obviously I was probably doing it more in an intellectual way um, and not connecting it necessarily with my heart. But it's been something I was able to then use. And my vicar at the church I go to in London in St Mary's always talks about faith raising. He's like, you know, we have to seek out, we have to share stories of faith. We have to share stories of healing. We have to share stories of God's power. And he's like, often they might sound trite, but actually each time it raises people up. And I've just reminded of one of my verses, uh, favorite verses, Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. And it says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Um, we always start our church um, time after our time of worship um, with a time of people coming up and sharing. So people come up and the, the spirit will maybe have moved them and they come up and they share something. So it could be a word, it could be a word of knowledge, it could be a verse. And the amount of times where you see these connections between them that are so abundantly clear. And I just being in that community um, that we encourage one another by stepping out and saying what we think might be totally stupid or, you know, not much that we can't really give somebody else. And that's the hardest thing, is it? Because we all want to be, well, I say we, <clears throat> I, let's be honest, I want to be the person that is great and saves people and sorts things out and makes things happen um and often I'm like lord give me a word for this person make me change their whole life you know that's what I want to be but actually all we are is a conduit for the spirit um when we are humble and just let things happen and just bless what the lord is doing we're reminded aren't we that it's not by my might it's not by my power but it's by the spirit and that's when the power to change that's when God encounters people um and you know and I have seen that in so many ways where I have 
prayed to God for other people or I've prayed for people and I don't think I've got anything to give. Um, so I don't know if I can share one story, but um, my church goes to a conference called New Wine in England and there's often like a Holy Spirit ministry sort of time and, and my vicar often leaves that. And so, you know, a few times he'll do like a demonstration spot. So he's talking about this is the way to pray. Basically, don't be a weirdo. <laughs> don't wave your hand around, don't sort of be conducting electricity, just be really, you know, all you're doing is somebody's come up for either to ask for healing or to be prayed for, just bless what God is doing. They are encountering, they are connecting. Your job is just to bless, bring more of the spirit, boom, boom, that's it. Anyway, I was praying for this woman and she'd asked for very specific healing about something. And I was just like praying and I was like, oh, Lord what have, what have we got here what have we got here and I you know I was like all right just praying just bless bless and then eventually I then had a picture and I was like oh I, I see like a ring of white flowers in her hair <laughs> you know you're again I was a bit like am I just making this up anyway so eventually after a time I just went I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say it so I, I did say it to her and she just sweetly smiled and was like thanks so much that's great <laughs> and off she trotted and anyway cut to two days later and she came and found me and the next day, she had been walking out of the sort of main conference area and someone had come up with a white flower for her and said, the Lord prompted me to find you and give you this. Someone she didn't know at all. So she had come to tell me this. And I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, forget your encouragement. I am blown away by this because this is, this is it. And this comes back to when we step out in faith, when we do things which we think are totally idiotic, and stupid or make us feel foolish and that's it isn't it it's like you know my brain says and you know this is what happens to teenagers isn't it their brain really carefully says to them you know protecting their limbic don't do things that make you look foolish we don't want to be that that's not what we're supposed to be doing that's our human self and we're like god just says go and have fun and when we start doing that and like take off the kind of i suppose the armor or the weight of performance or metrics or is this right is this wrong then suddenly we like free ourselves up for something and we have like enjoyment and engagement and we're like okay if I'm blessing you brilliant and I look back and I read through different things where people have prayed things for me or said things and I'm like oh wow you know other people have taken that courage have taken that and they've spoken that over me and that has made such a difference so, you know, that, that has been like such a joy and a freedom. And I think to be part of a church and community where we're just like, yeah, have fun. <laughs> um, be expectant for things that you cannot even begin to imagine are possible. And, you know, as Jesus says, you know, all things are possible, you know, with God and particularly when the disciples were trying to pray for that young chap who had um, epilepsy and it wasn't going particularly well. And, you know, and I'm sure I've prayed for people who have asked for physical healing or have asked for something to change and it's not gone particularly well at all, but I can't let that stop me. Just thinking of a specific time, you know, praying for somebody at breakfast and a friend came to mind while I was praying and I hadn't spoken to her for a bit you know, I wrote down certain things and d didn't know the context of what was going on. Um, and I remember, so, you know, some of it was about um, that, like, she was lying down and, and God was, was standing around her as if she was on a hospital bed. Um, and that, you know, 
God, God was there and holding her hand and very much sort of saw kind of saw that. Um, and then there were other words as well that came to it. Anyway, so I ended up sending this long text. And actually, then I ended up, I think, following up with an email, you know. But I didn't hear anything for a week at all. And then I got back from her that she'd actually been going for tests at a hospital. And this has been an unresolved, something that hasn't been healed that she feels that she's been going forward for healing and been praying into for years. And and so obviously that for me, I was like, oh, wow, that that's timing, you know, wow. And I think, again, she felt encouraged by it because that hasn't been healed. You know, it's still, it's still something that she is battling and it's still something that she is carrying. But again, it's that sense of like, you know, God is here. God is present. Um, and that's sometimes where we also, you know, need to be reminding ourselves as that community of believers is that sometimes we feel that because some the one event that we've been pushing into wanting to shift has not shifted, does that mean that God's favor is not there? We, you know, we throw these little words around or that, you know, we haven't prayed hard enough. Maybe, you know, if we are a bit like John Wesley, it's a bit like, you know, you want to look from for a person whose knees are worn out rather than the uh, seat of their bum. I'm coming to the Father. I'm praying. I'm asking the Holy Spirit and I'm praying into that. And I'm going to pray again and I'm going to pray again and I'm going to pray again and I'm going to pray again. And that's good as well for me to remind us like, yeah, I'm 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 listening to your word, Lord, and I'm stand, standing in it. And there are situations where, you know, I look back um, and I've been praying into um, and fasted for, uh, asked other people to pray for, and I don't think that's shifted. And maybe it has, I just don't know. But I still don't feel like it's not, it's worth just giving up. It's like, actually, this is something that one continues to do. And I think that's also the joy in the, of being able to pray with other people and pray for other people. Again, it's that raising, raising faith, encouraging one another, you know, walking together and saying this is our fundamental values. Um, and we know that prayer changes, prayer makes a difference. But it also softens us. And it softens us to be receptive to things that we might not have seen, but also softens us to just be like, yeah, I'm I'm connected to the Father. And, you know, I know I'm excellent in many things and I can always come up with a plan and action, but is it the right plan, you know? Um, am I the general of my own life? No, you know, sometimes the battle plan doesn't look like the way I think it should be. And maybe there's not even a battle to be fought at this time. But, but I want other people to encounter God and I want them to encounter the true and living God. And I don't want them to encounter my version of it <laughs> or my you know, one that's slightly distorted because wherever I'm at or something. But I also want them to see the full fullness of me and I want them to see them the highs and the lows. And sometimes I had to do those prayers as well where I'm like, you know, whether it's with a tricky pupil or a tricky parent or a friend where things have gone wrong or something else and say, Lord, show me the word or give me a key to understand that person better. Take me out of my stroppy angry self that's like how dare you treat me like this but also realizing in that that you're like well how do I draw people and say there is so much more and 
you know, come and come and see and going back to uh, a beautiful verse as well in Psalms about, you know, like taste and see that the Lord is good. And I don't need to make that happen, but I just need to be there in that presence. And um, and I was reading a book yesterday and it was talking about, you know, love should be like a watering hole where people can come freely and choose and go away refreshed. And I think that's just such a beautiful picture of what Jesus's love should should be like the people should be able to come and cut freely choose they do not feel that they you know if they come in that then suddenly it's like yeah great you're all caught up now whatever but they can come they can test out they can find out they can ask but also they go away refreshed and even if they go away and they don't come back for a long time or never again you're like i'm still here i'm still participating um and and, and, and then just having that pleasure of being, you know, part of your community and stepping out and being that adventurer. And, you know, you're like, yeah, I just want to meet other people and I want other people to feel that they are loved like I am loved and I want them and I want them to feel that they are championed and there's a place for them. And, you know, that and there we are, and that's the richness when we come back to that whole idea of community and what does church, you know, church is not the building, isn't it? It's that collective group of people coming together. All right, so that was Bella's story. What what are your thoughts on that? Well, I feel like we should give uh, the listeners a little backstory about how we do this. So we speak to the storytellers and um, they share their story that God has prompted them to share. And then after we record, we ask questions and then Adam, um, does a little editing through the Holy spirit, um, and the giftings that the Lord has given him. And then, um, a story is edited and flushed out and broken down from like an hour to an hour and a half of chatting to about 15 to 20 minutes generally. And you make it sound really spiritual. I, the Holy, I suppose you know God's involved in it. He's given me some, uh, I guess, the call to do this. And well, it's a gifting too. And but I, I really am just looking for. I think everyone has good things to say about mm-hmm. their relationship with God, mm. and so I'm looking for those, for those moments in the context of their story. And also, I know that I sometimes can go off on rabbit trails and lose the plot of the story. So I want to give people the freedom to do that when they're sharing. Yeah. So I try to edit those rabbit trails out and, and make it a cohesive, finished, uh, compelling narrative. Right. With all the good stuff. Yeah, all the good stuff. Well, and I think what's interesting is afterwards you can almost always see God's distinctive fingerprint on the storyteller's life, right? And I think with Bella's, first of all, Bella, you know this, so I'm not calling you out. Um, She is a fast talker. And we kind of giggled about it and said we should have told her, oh, pause, breathe, all the things, right? So she was giving us so much. um, And and really it was um, almost a familiar conversation with her to a degree because she's friends with Dave and Rachel and we are as well. But anyway, all of that to say is we, we left kind of wondering like, ah, did we get the story that God wants to tell through Bella? Like, is it there? Mm. And 
when I listened to it for the first time, the edited version, the things that stuck out to me were that Bella struggled with um, friendships early on. And, you know, do people like me and do I have something to offer them? And then she encountered the Lord um, at her church and through like the power of the Toronto blessing coming back into her church. And um, it shifted everything. I think she, she went from this like insecure, uh, is what I have to offer others good enough and who am I to, uh, I am an adventurer and I have this thing to offer others. And as long as I am listening to the Lord and seeking his face for myself and for others, then I will always have something for them. And I don't have to wonder about my identity or what I have to offer others because I have to offer the Lord and mm. he is good. Mm. And I just see that playing out, not only in her, um, in her position, um, like what she does for work back home, she helps schools, um, and, but also in the way she prays for others and the way she desires community for others and the way she pours into her community. She's just, you know, she has gone from a person who struggled in the beginning with what do I have to offer to I, I really have nothing, but I will seek the Father's face on your behalf and I will offer whatever he has for me, whether it looks foolish or not. Mm. And I think that is so powerful. And it really, like, it's super heartwarming for me because um, I can be that insecure person too um, of like, uh, what do I fit in here? Do I belong? What do I have to offer? And it's like, no... It, I will get, the Lord is like, I will give you everything that you need, which is why we kind of titled the story, Not By Might, because it wasn't by her might or her struggle that she was willing or she was able to make friends or that she was able to give a word to someone in need or to pray for someone for healing. That is all from the Lord. And I have to remember that that's my story too. I think that's all of our stories, right? Mm. Is like we long to give others something great. Mm -hmm. And as long as we're connected to the vine, we can't lose. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's, I love how you tied that up. Well, thanks. Mm -hmm. And thank you, Bella. Yeah. I think that's a good synopsis and some uh, great uh, takeaways. Yeah. I was thinking as you were talking, you know, she kind of closes with the idea of love as a watering hole. Mm. And, I've been reading this book on shame and how shame wants to t shame starts really early in our story that we're not enough. And I think that's a picture in the garden where, mm. you know, Adam and Eve are naked and ashamed. So they cover themselves and that covering, I think we could think of that today, how we put on certain things. We put on our outer garments, so to speak, mm. to protect ourselves from the shame that we're feeling. Mm. And so it can be very difficult to step out in faith and give somebody a word that makes us look foolish. Mm -hmm. But it's in those moments, that invitation to step out of our own shame, mm -hmm. which Jesus wants to heal that. Mm. Uh, and then we can be a conduit for that same healing by stepping out. Um, so I think that picture of that watering hole kind of mm. resonates with that idea of like stepping out of our shame yeah. in an effort to connect, connect to one another and connect to him. Yeah. I love that too. I thought that was so beautiful. She was like, you know, if, if they leave with nothing else other than feeling refreshed, they've had, they've spent some time with the father. 
because he is peace. He is refreshment. He is rest. Yep. And I love that. Yep. So thanks, Bella. Yeah, that was awesome, Bella. Thank you so much. Hope Hopefully we, we can end up in England at some point in time. Yeah, come, come on, get you. ready. Yep. <laughs> okay, until we are able to jump across the pond, we will bid you adieu and um, see you next time. Thanks so much for listening. Love you guys. With every episode, we encourage you to ask Holy Spirit what He wants to say to you through this story. We invite you to partner with us through your God-given resources of time, prayer, and finances. Without your sharing, these stories don't spread to those who need them. Without your prayers, we are limited in what we can do for the kingdom. Without your finances, these powerful stories of God's supernatural love go untold. God has called us to share His stories, and we invite you to be a part of that mission. For more information, be sure to check out our website at theunseenstory.org. Thanks so much for listening.